Welcome to the podcast of New Covenant Church in Albuquerque, where we focus on the Bible, faith, and life issues. We hope this podcast will be helpful to you on your faith journey. Now, here's our message. Good morning. Well, it's Sunday. If you're wondering why you're here, hopefully you'll find out by the time we're through today. I couldn't get my printer to work this morning, so we have a computer. You're all being monitored right now. All right, good to see you. Glad to have you here today. How many of you have had the Omicron variant recently? What are you doing here? (laughs) Get the hints. No. It just... This virus just keeps on giving and giving and giving. I had so many scrambling phone calls. Last week, I had a fever temperature, and I got my little home test, which those are the best. If you like chemistry, it's great. You get to pull out this little thing, stick it in your nose, and, you know, Carly's looking at me going, no, further. you got to put that thing further up there. (laughs) So I went through the test, and I'm negative, and I... Maybe I had a cold. I don't know what I had. People, does anyone ever have a cold anymore? Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, I'm glad you're here today because we're starting a brand new series. We're right in the middle of a new year. We're starting a new year. And we're doing so because every year, at the beginning at least, at least for the first six weeks, there's a sense of expectation and hope. But we've learned through 2020 and 2021 that maybe not to get your expectations so high, right? However, I had thought about, and I I debated this, prayed about it, and studied this for a couple of months prior to, I had originally desired to teach through the book of Revelation. But uh, as I went through it, I thought, you know, this is not necessarily the most uplifting of uh, pages in the Bible. And because everyone has such a unique take on it, I was concerned that we might divide the fellowship, which I think would not be good at this time. So in prayer and uh, fever last week, uh, I think the Lord revealed something to me. And that is, we are facing problems that we've never faced before as a society, as a church, homes, family, as individuals. And because of that, there's an uncertainty as to which direction we should be going and what we should be doing. Uh, We find that people today are more easily discouraged, depressed, disenchanted, uh, disoriented. A lot of folks today are disoriented to the to the reality of what are we ha- what's happening right now and what is to come down the road. Some who are very optimistic will say brighter days are on their way, but many of us would say I don't know if this is dark and things are going to get darker. It's disorienting. Another bad thing from all of this is that people have become disconnected. 
And if you feel that social media connects you, it can only go so far. It's like eating cornflakes with lots of sugar uh, three times a day and then feeling anemic in the evening. It just doesn't really fit the bill. I mean, it's something, it's a meal. Maybe if you're Jerry Seinfeld, it works for you, but not for the rest of us. The rest of us need contact and connection with one another. And this is something that's happened as a, as a part of this whole last two years, is that people are becoming disconnected. And some are even giving up hope. And I've talked to a lot of young people in the last month and asked them, you know, what are your greatest concerns? Many of them say that my greatest concern is the future. And because of that, many of us are fearful as to what it's going to be like. And like if we get married and we have kids... And, you know, uh, there's always been this argument, but it comes up a lot more. And that is, why would I bring a kid into this world? Well, because if you're a person who has something of value and you know how to train that child, this world needs some good kids. But even so, we're wondering, should we even be having children? Fear of the economy, fear of politics, and even climate change. In fact, I'm afraid around here. If the climate doesn't change, this place is going to dry up and blow off the face of the map. We need to be praying for rain. Uh, Some of you here, I don't know if if you've sinned or whatever it is that's keeping the state (laughs) from, from rain. If it's you, confess and we'll just move on and let the rains begin. But how do we respond? That's the big question. How do we respond uh, as believers, individually, collectively, as a fellowship at NCC? How do we respond to all of this? And what I believe the Lord has revealed to me is that our response should be, okay, in every situation, in everything that we encounter, God is greater. God is greater than every situation that we will encounter. God is greater than every problem in the world, and Scripture is replete with this message. God is greater. So what does that mean for us? Well, God is greater. That's good. But what about us? Well, here's here's the idea, and this is what we're going to be pounding for the next year. God is greater, therefore, okay, God is greater, therefore we can do greater things. Not because of me, not because of you, not because of something intrinsically perfect about who I am or you are, but because God is greater and he says, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, come to me, those who are weak and sick and affirm, those who are sinful, those who have problems. He says, come to me. And he says, I'm going to do greater things through you in this world. This has implications for us. Primarily because we were going along pretty steady as a society. You know, we knew who to hate, who to like, who to unfriend or whatever it is. We knew, but, but all of a sudden things began to change And what we thought was success maybe doesn't look like success anymore. In fact, it's hard to determine what success should look like, even in the church. And so moving forward, 
I want us to cling onto this with everything that we have. And that is that God is greater than everything that is going on right now. And you don't have to become greater. You don't have to become this great Christian, this great, wonderful person. You know what? If you were just greater, God would work more through you. Yeah, it would be easy to work through great people, right? But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And if you're here today, guess what category you fall into? The foolish things. The people who believe in God, the people that show up to church, the people that pray, the people that believe that there was Noah in the ark and all of that other stuff, the foolish of the world to confound the wise by his greatness and by his power and his goodness. And my friends, that is the road that we should be on and we should stay on. Because if we judge ourselves by what's going on in other churches, or we, we judge ourselves by what's going on in other places, or what other people have, uh, how many followers you have on Instagram or uh, TikTok or whatever, uh, you know, tater tot or whatever the new things are, chances are you're not going to measure up. And you're going to feel defeated and bummed out and discouraged, disconnected. But God says, come unto me, okay? Here's, here's what happens. Uh, I remember reading years ago uh, when I read a lot more, <laughs> um, a survey done in a, by uh, George Barna. And he was saying that the next generations coming along, the generation that exists right now, would value over uh, finances, would value over success, would value time and experience. And that's what's happened, hasn't it? Our, our economy, our world, our people value time, time for leisure, time for fun, time with family. They also value experiences over many of the material things that we have clung to for so long. And I don't say that those are bad things, but here's, here's the problem, okay? If we approach life this way in the church, then what we do is we try to craft an experience that happens on Sunday morning, okay? Sunday morning only for one hour. I'm going to come to church, lightning strikes everywhere, lasers coming in and out, people dancing, the floor rumbling. Maybe you, we could get these new uh, hip-tack seats that move with motion when you need to. Whatever it may be. And okay, that's fine. That's good. But Jesus called his people to a different experience. He said, come follow me. Come follow me. Now here's the promises he made them. <clears throat> um, you're going to be chased out of this village and that village and that village. And you'll be hated by many for my name's sake. And you'll be persecuted. Many of you will die for my sake. And the foolish things of the world said, okay, we're in. And they started following him. And Christianity and following Jesus is always about the experience. But it's more than 45 minutes to an hour 
in a church service or maybe a Bible study. It's not that. The experience begins when we place in our heart that I'm going to follow Jesus. And when that takes place, who knows where he's going to take us. But I'm telling you, it is the experience of a lifetime. It's the experience of a lifetime. All right, let's look at this. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. God's greater than what the world is going through. He says, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. He's speaking about those in the world who oppose them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Because the one that is in you is greater than the one that is in the world. Okay? What does that mean? Well, let's break that down. He says, look, prior to you coming to me, you were like everyone else. And that doesn't mean that you were better than anyone else. You had something special about you, except for the fact that maybe you're foolish or the foolish things. He said, but when you come to me, I begin to enlighten you with my presence and an understanding and awakening of the presence and the reality of God. And so when that happens in a person, there is this new light that begins to express itself in the person's life. You, many of you have experienced that. You know that to be true. It's not just some religious experience. It is a personal experience where God reveals himself to us individually and corporately. And so what we start to recognize is that as the light turns on, we see that the way that God does things and the way that God wants things done are much different than what we see around us. Can anyone say amen to that? You think God likes the violence in the world? No. Do you think he rules by force? No. Or does he call people to love? And does he call people to self-sacrifice, to humble themselves, to tread lightly, to be meek and kind in this world, as wise as serpent, innocent as doves? It's a completely different paradigm. And when we look at the world and we see the hostility and how so much is taken by force and chicanery, we think, okay, that happens over here. But what do you want from me? He says, don't worry about these things. Because greater, greater, God is greater, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. God is greater than this pandemic. God is greater than the political scene, the political landscape that we live in today. God is greater than Marxism. God is greater than the faulty um, um, thievery of capitalism. God is greater than all of it. God is greater than the school board. God is greater than the governor. The God is greater than the president. 
God is greater for, than those who are in Congress. God is greater than all of that. And if you and I don't live that way, we'll live in a constant state of agitation whereby we're <coughs> expecting people who are not God, who do not have his power and do not have his ability to do something great for his name. Can I just say something to you really carefully? Be sure and get this down. Stop it. Stop it. I have two cats and two dogs, which is proof that God is not a, happy with my life. I, I don't know. But our cats act like cats, which basically they're very agile. Um, they're very stuck up, and they shouldn't be because their brain is about that big. They are better than the dogs. However, the dogs are more loyal. But we find ourselves, I don't know if you have cats or dogs, but I find myself turning into a psychotic almost continually every day, talking to them. Oh, hi, little sweetie. How are you today? Oh, did you scratch up the couch? That's great. Good. It's your nature. Might have to kill you later, but I don't know. Let the dogs eat you. You, you begin to project and desire certain things from things that can't produce, okay? Your cat is never going to sit down and do your math, high school students. Never, and you, don't, you wouldn't want to see it. And if we expect this world to behave in a way that we have seen in the light of God and his word and his revealed son, then what are we expecting? Why are you expecting that? That's why we say, stop it. If, I just got to believe this, that if we turn our attention to the true and living God, this one who calls to us and says, hey guys, hello, alert, I'm greater than all of this. Everything that you're facing, everything that you see in the world, I am greater than every single bit of it. Not one ounce is greater than me. Why are you letting these things happen? Well, maybe you should sit in prayer and ask God. And God may show you what you can do greater than you think. Greater than what you believe. Because if we are, allow him to pull us into this world to just following him, then we begin to move on a mission with God that many of us have never expected or seen. All right. God is greater than you, believe it or not. Look with me over at Romans chapter 5. Get my ribbons right here. Verse 20. No, I got the wrong. Sorry, I'm having trouble with ribbons today. I'm not used to the analog. Five, Romans 5, 20. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. 
Okay? Now, let's break that down just a little bit. He's talking about the law, which is the Torah. The Torah is the first five books of the Bible, often known as the Pentateuch or the books of Moses, as given to him. And it became the basis and the foundation of a whole nation who would be known as the Israelites, the Hebrew people. He said in that law that there were certain things that you should do and you should not do, over 613 of them. And they were revered within the culture of the author of this book in Romans by the name of Paul. Jesus was Jewish. Most of all of the early disciples were Jewish. This was their worldview. And the law stood there as a stone, as an edifice that could not be moved. But the problem was is that they had always experienced that Every time we try to completely obey the law, we fail and fail. And therefore, you have the tabernacle and then eventually the temple. And you had a sacrificial system that came along whereby they would be able to, sins would be appeased by the sacrifices for the people. But they were temporary. And he said, here's what the law did. The law awakened humanity, those who had heard it, who had experienced it had awakened them to this idea that you're not very good at it. In fact, you keep failing at it. That there's something intrinsically wrong and faulty within the human being. Because as much as we try, we can't attain to it, we can't hold it, we can't do it. And that's important for each one of us. When, when a person is continually believing that somehow... Through my own effort, through my own power, I can make it. I can get it done. They haven't come to the realization that, no, you're flawed. And God's okay with the fact that you're flawed because he has a plan. He's made a plan for that. Um, I'd like to read to you this verse in the message. He says, all the passing laws against sin did not produce, excuse me, all that passing laws against sin did was produce more lawbreakers. But sin didn't and doesn't have a chance in competition with the aggressive forgiveness we call grace. When it's sin versus grace, grace wins hands down. Let me read to you from the New King James Version. Moreover, the law entered that offenses might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So you say, okay, I believe that God's greater, but what about me? Truth of me is that I am not greater. I am less than and sin can do its work on me. And because of that, uh, I'm insecure. Because of that, uh, I'm depressed. Because of that, I don't feel adequate. Because of that, I make terrible mistakes. I do things that I'm ashamed of. And so therefore, it's all I can do just to show up and be at church. <clears throat> and be around other people. Pray. Drop some money in the box. Move on. I understand that. I understand that very well. And I'm with you. 
But he said the law was given so that sin would abound so that people would come to the end of themselves. You know, so that, that, that's said a lot of times when a person's on a bad path, they need to hit rock bottom, they need to come to the end of themselves so they can wake up and realize where they are. That was God's plan. Humanity. You got to wake up because you're heading in the wrong direction. Well, we're fine, God, we're going good. You're heading for a cliff. Well, so is everybody else in this bus. 99 bottles of beer on the wall. 99 bottles. God says, okay, you got to see that because I want you to turn to me because you need me. And just because others say that there's no such thing as God or God doesn't really matter, it doesn't, his, we don't really need him, we have science now, we have Dr. Fauci, who is science. If that hurts your feelings, get a sense of humor. I think he said, I am science. So, anyway, I'm not, again, I'm not anti-scientist. We have more scientists in this church and on this stage and engineers <laughs> that it, uh, really we have a lot. And they have no problem with their faith. That's not the issue. The issue has, have you come to the end where you're willing to say, I need help? And God says, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I gave you the law so that your stuff would increase, so that you would see that I have this thing called forgiveness and grace. And I want to take you broken messed up, less than people, and I want to do something with you. I want to show my glory in you. Isn't that a beautiful experiment? Isn't that wonderful? I don't know if many of you who like art, I love art. I love, I love having art in my home. Uh, he's one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life. Art B. Hill, no. But art... It's always interesting to me when you, you, you find folks who will take uh, refuse or garbage or things that are cast away, and they take them and make assemblages, and they, some of the most fantastic creative works of art. And I always think of that when Jesus says, or when Paul says, we are his workmanship, we're God's workmanship. God created this, but he, he created us out of what would be called a sort of a human dump. Because God wants to make things beautiful, beautiful, and he's greater, and he's bigger, and that's what he wants to do with you and I. And this gets to the heart of it all. What do you want in this world? Do you want God to be your psychologist? Come on in. How was your week? Well, it's my mother again. I'm not making fun of you. <clears throat> I, I just, I've been there. And it's okay to go see someone and to work things out. But is that the focus of your life? Maybe that's a part of building blocks to mental health, but there's got to be something bigger, right? Well, I wish my marriage was perfect. Well, we all wish your marriage was perfect too. 
Well, that's my life pursuit. Oh, really? God says, I have something greater for you. And I want to build in you. But it comes through doing. It's not by making you greater and more perfect. The truth is, is that you only get better by the doing. Don't you hate it when really healthy people who are in shape show up at the gym? Like, what are you doing here? Aren't you done? <laughs> Take a picture of you before and after. You're done. Get out. Don't need you here for another couple of years when you look like me again. All right. But when you start out in the gym, I mean, not everybody's created equal. Some people wear those clothes that you're thinking, I don't know how much spandex can hold back. Is that safe? Are you safe? Are we safe? But you've got to start somewhere, right? And in the, in the faith, it's, it's like, okay, start following and start doing. And God begins to create the greatness out of that, okay? That's where it comes from. Jesus believes in physical health. I mean, he took those disciples on a hike almost every day. All right. <clears throat> because God is greater, we can do greater things and we should do greater things. All right. John chapter 14, verse 12. God will do greater things through us. <clears throat> Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. They're going to do the same works that I do because they're following me and they're with me. But you're going to do even greater works. You say, how can you imagine that? Well, Jesus didn't have, you know, live streaming. But he knew one day it would come. Jesus didn't have digital Bibles, but he knew that it would be coming. Promulgation of the gospel is just incredible throughout the world. Jesus only needed a few people. He knew that planting a seed in a few people would multiply into other people, into other people, into other people, into other people. And as <clears throat> they followed him, others would begin to follow also, and they would make more disciples, and it would grow and grow and grow. And its growth was dynamic. The Jerusalem Council couldn't keep them back. The Roman Empire was no power against it. Yes, has Christianity been corrupted millions of times, hundreds of times over, I'm sure. But Jesus is still there calling us and saying, come on, I've got greater things for you to do. I've got greater things. And we have examples in Scripture Mary and Martha, normal people, arguing sisters. The disciples arguing, hey, did you pick up the, you know, the fish fillets? No, did you? You were supposed to. 
What does he mean he has something to eat? Or like, I think, I, I feel like Peter a lot of the time. Uh, Jesus had a very conver- uh, controversial statement, and it said, from that time on, many people left and wouldn't follow him, and he turned to his disciples, and he said, are you going to leave also? And I love Peter's answer, which is my answer. Where are we going to go? You know me, I don't have any place to go. You're the only one that would have me. Where am I going to go? And then he does something great. Folks, if we tap into this belief that God will do something greater with us, you are going to catch on fire. Let me give you a picture of what it's like being on staff at a church. Every week, we think, how can we do this thing better? So we read books, and we go to seminars, and we listen to all the really successful people. One day, you can be like me, 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 me. Oh, good. Let me take notes, because I don't want to be a dud. I want to be successful. I want to do a good job for the church. And so we ask around, and how are things going? And then people in the church become critics. Well, you know, the worship team last week was sort of, and I go over to this other church over there, and their church is just really amazing. I said, well, maybe you're ruining our church. You should go over there. (laughs) I got to be really honest, and I just want to be honest because I've read more books on how to preach and have just rack my brain. I spend my weeks reading. And you know what? None of them work on me. <laughs> None of them work. And you go, well, at least you've tried, Dave. At least we know. We didn't know if you're trying, but now we know you're, you're trying. I've tried. People give me advice. Well, you know, you can do it like this. And I'm like, nobody's asking you to preach. Why are you giving me advice? Same way, comparison, comparing yourself to other believers, comparing yourself to other people is defeatist in God's kingdom. He says, compare yourself to me. Come follow me and, and I'll deal with the rest of it. And I'm going to take that at face value this year and I want you to as well. That... <clears throat> as not great and amazing as, I would love to have that, that, that boom, boom, booming voice where people just come in and around. And I, I would love to be that guy. Maybe, maybe if I believe and trust in God enough, God can do greater things, but I don't care anymore because I am who I am. You are who you are. As weak and as strong, whatever you may be, We take it before God and we say, God, do greater things through me, with me. And I'm going to believe that God can do that with me in my life. But he will be my judge. He will be your judge. He will be our judge as a group of people. Because if we continually criticize who we are and what we're doing, what do we do? It's self-defeating, isn't it? 
It's sort of like if you're married, you go to your spouse. Well, you know, I noticed the other day, Fred's wife over here, you know, she, she washes the car. That'd be nice. Be nice, you know, if that was... Marriages don't last very long by comparison, do they? You can't do it. Why? Because it's not fair. And if all we're doing is managing each week and getting a scorecard as to how things are going and to how your church is treating you, then you're missing out. And I've made a mistake by letting you think that way. Let me just tell you something. New Covenant is a fantastic church. I love this church. It's one of the, in fact, what we've done wrong is we haven't continually fed you all of the great things that are happening, and we're trying to, we're working on that right now. Keep that in prayer. But from giving cars to people, being a part of bed ministries, to feeding homeless, to caring for widows, to caring for um, young families and uh, single moms, to uh, training people right and left, here we go. Uh, to missionaries across the world. It is a fantastic church. When this whole pandemic hit, we got in connection with the Navajo Nation. And what we found is that there were so many pastors dying. There was so much, they were so remote. And so we got involved and we started collecting food. And eventually we bought a delivery truck. So, and we've bought cows and freezers and everything else, not because we felt guilty, because we were happy to get involved. And that was you in this fellowship. You see, the real fruit and the greater things are in the doing. Now, I'm all for Bible study, because if I said I wasn't, I'd be the biggest hypocrite in the world. I, I love it. But if you think that getting fed is studying the Bible, you're misinformed. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. Food. You want to get fed? Do something. You want to get fed? Do something. It's sort of like activating all of that energy. You know, like if you eat a big meal, I know the best thing, the best feeling in the world is to take a nap. But if you talk to your dietitian or your doctor, they're going to say, eh, probably not so good. You should go for a walk. All of that intake is meant to be played out in the field of action. All of the good food. That's what it's about. It's there so that you can produce in your life. And if you think that consumption is the end, my friend, where does that lead us? Spiritual diabetes. The doing is where the feeding really takes place. And even though you may not feel like it, even though that you may not be in spiritual shape, you've got to start somewhere, and we're going to start here. And we're going to follow the Lord. And we're going to see what happens this year. We've spent a lot of time in the previous months talking about prayer and the importance of prayer. We're not letting up on that. If you're not in the game praying, you're missing out. If you're not talking to God about uh, the greater things in your life, you're not talking to God about the opportunities, you're missing out. 
I'm missing out. And I don't want that to be. And we shouldn't compare ourselves to other churches. We shouldn't compare ourselves to other Christians. New covenant right here, right now, is fantastic as it is. But it can be and should be doing greater things. Because why? God is greater. Let's say it together. Why? God is greater. You said it. And I hope you mean it. Because I think this is going to be a fantastic year. What if the economy collapses? Well, your prayer life is going to get so much better. The food pantry will become really important. Well, what if, what if there's a totalitarian takeover? Oh, you're like, oh, you're going to go there? Yeah, I'm going to go there. What if there's a great reset? What if there is? At what's coming in the future that is bigger than God? That is greater than God? You see, he wants to take us on that experience whereby he says, I am greater. Because God is greater, we can do and should do and will do greater things. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot. I want to know this. If you're visiting with us today, thank you so much for coming. Glad you're here. You're, we welcome you to join in with us and be a part of this journey as well. But this is what it means. It means you're going to ask your friends and your neighbors to come to church with you. You're, going to, you're not going to be afraid of rejection. God's greater than you being rejected. You're going to, to pray for your friends and your neighbors and the people that you know that you want to influence, the people, your coworkers, and you're going to share the gospel with them, and you're going to ask them to come to church with you and to be a part of something that's bigger and greater because we want to be on mission with the Lord. And that's for everybody. Who's our enemy? Satan. Are other people our enemies? Well, if they want to designate themselves as such, fine. But we're not going to designate them as such. The good news is for everybody. If you don't believe that can happen, it means that you don't believe that God's greater. Sorry. Live with it. Get a tattoo. But if you do believe it, I'm going to put you on the line. How many of you are ready to say, let's go for it? I'm in. I'm in for 2022. Come on, raise your hand. Don't be lame. Even if you don't mean it, raise your hand. <laughs> It'll be embarrassing for you. Okay. Nice to see all the conformists here. <laughs> Conform to the image of Christ, right? That's what he called us to. All right. Uh, we're going to have the worship team come up, and uh, we're going to sing the final song. Uh, and after the service, if you need prayer, we're going to have people here. We have deacons and other folks uh, who are glad to pray for you. you got something going on in your heart. Take care of it right now. Take care of it today. Get after it. Get prayer in your life and get started on the good foot this morning. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, let me just tell you. You can accept him as your savior, and not just accept, you're accepting his invitation, but what you're really doing is surrendering to a true and living God. 
a God who loves you, who's for you, and wants to do greater things with you. All right? Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this wonderful gathering of people that you've brought together. Thank you for the folks who are watching and with us online. We come before you humbly, Lord, not as anything. We have nothing to brag about, but we have everything to learn from you. And Lord, we want to experience those greater things, not the stranger things, but the greater things. And so, Lord, do your work in our midst. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and help us to be loving people who will gladly go the extra mile and look for the greater value in everything. And all God's people said, Amen. This concludes today's message. We thank you so much for listening. We'd love for you to connect with us. You can do that at our website, nccabq.org. From there, you can submit any questions, feedback, and your prayer requests. nccabq.org is also where you can learn more about New Covenant Church. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters, browse our online message archive, and even tune in and watch the stream of each weekly message. We hope you'll join us. So, until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May God smile on you and gift you. May God look you full in the face and make you prosper. Have a great week.